Here's a simple question. No tricks, not a riddle, and a topic you know personally. Are you ready? You sure? Who are you? Who are you? Pretty simple, right? What if we asked 100 people you know, will they agree on who you are? The real question is, are you self-aware? Because self-awareness can change the world. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the KL Podcast. We are thrilled to have you back with us today. And we are, I mean, guys, I'm just still really excited about kicking this year off. I don't know why I'm so excited about it. I think I'm excited because when we had our our, our anniversary, like things were kind of dark for a little bit, but I feel like our episodes yeah. are now getting a little bit more introspective or or lighter. Um, I don't happy. I don't know. Let's make sure they get happier. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, and I love that first episode, the Dickens process. I yeah. Something about that just got me in the right place for the new year. And, you know, let's get on the record right now. Uh, nobody needs to be thinking that second episode is going to be as good as that one. So <laughs> set your expectations exactly. right now. All right. I'm going to set the table now. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, so much I less guess... pressure on me now. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, that's, right. that's right. Yeah. There's it, like, cause there's always so much pressure on us. Right. Yeah. Uh, 2022 <laughs> we peaked with the Dickens process. Uh-huh. It's all downhill, downhill after that. <laughs> Uh, this is this what Tim is doing right now is he's exercising his self-awareness, which is the theme of our episode. Hey, we feel like this might not be great, although I think what we're doing is setting expectations low. and We're going to exceed those expectations every yes. single <laughs> time. So, you know, as I mentioned, our theme, our topic today is self-awareness. Self-awareness isn't one of those terms that I think we can define the way we have other terms. I think we just need to talk about what it is. Like, what do we mean when we say self-awareness? What is it exactly? Well, I think it's realization of your personality and its strengths and weaknesses. And it's understanding your thoughts and beliefs and your emotions and your motivations. And there's a lot that goes with that. But it's really understanding yourself and I think this is an excellent time just right up front to say that, you know, we've covered this before, but I, I need to circle back on it. Self-awareness is the foundation for emotional intelligence. It is. There's it four is. components of emotional intelligence and they play off of each other. So they're kind of prereqs for one another. Self-awareness. And then once you have built your self-awareness, you're able to self-manage And once you have self-awareness and self-management in place, then you work on social awareness. And when you have all three of those in place, you're able to manage your relationships. But it's critical, which is right up front to say, if self-awareness is missing, your emotional intelligence, not going to be so great. Right. Yeah. What Tim is saying is that you need your essay and your EQ ASAP. <laughs> Am I right about that? For those of you that yes. don't understand, that need the uh, the acronyms. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you're right, Tim. I mean, yeah. everything that we've read about this said that self awareness is intimately connected to emotional intelligence. And you can go back and listen to uh, past episodes where we talk about things like emotional intelligence. But it is it is a it is a critical piece of it. Josh, what do you when you're thinking about self awareness? How are you defining it? What does it mean to you? 
I mean, it, it's a lot of what Tim said, for sure, you know, especially when he said about understanding yourself. But I think the tail end of that or the flip side of that coin, uh, it does extend for me anyway, it extends into social awareness and, and understanding the impact of the way you are, you know, it's acting or behaving your attitudes, whatever it is, the way it's, it's, it's bleeding into the people around you, right? If we're talking about a workplace or at home, absolutely, whatever you're projecting, it infects the room whether it's for the positive or the negative. And I think yeah. it's important to acknowledge that piece of, of self-awareness. Absolutely, it's understanding yourself. But I think the bigger picture is understanding your actions and words and things like that, how it's impacting the people around you, your social awareness. Yeah, yeah. It's not just a mirror of yourself. Right. It's also the connective tissue to you and the people around you. So now we've talked about bleeding, infections, and connective tissue. This is obviously <laughs> a, a graphic episode so far. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's true though, right? It's not just about you. It's about you being connected to the world, to the community, to your team, to your boss, to your family. But let's be honest. If you don't understand yourself, you can't understand other people. Right. I love how... I love how there's some folks out there that believe they can just skip that step, <laughs> pay no attention to themselves, mm -hmm. and then they have this really deep understanding of the people in their lives. No, you're lying to yourself. And that actually should be the subtitle of this, of this episode, because it's a lot of delusion. It's a lot of hypocrisy. When you have a low self-awareness, you're just out of touch. You think you know yourself, you don't. You think you know other people? You don't. Yeah. And, it causes and all kinds of problems. It, you know, hearing you say that, Tim, it actually makes me think right back to the Dickens episode, because having self-awareness allows you to understand the things you need to change about yourself to improve or how you yes. can connect. And it's just like understanding who you were yesterday or deep into the past and impacting how, how you're going to behave and who you're going to be in the future. Yeah, that's yeah. a great example of self-awareness, Henry. And that's actually, you know, I mean, you, you took us back. I know you know this, but that's how we got on this topic because self-awareness is so prevalent in that Dickens episode. But you have to be self-aware of what core belief it is that you have that's harmful to you. <laughs> if, but if you think everything's fine and yeah. you don't have any problems, it's going to be really, really difficult for, for you with the Dickens process. Yeah, yeah. The, the way I read it and pretty simply put, it's, you know, self-awareness gives you clarity and honesty about your strengths and weaknesses. And in reading that for me anyway, it's just, it's one line, super simple, but knowing that it's, it's bringing clarity to me is it, it's like, it's eye-opening, right? And, and I love that. I love that piece of it. If you're self-aware, you're bringing clarity and honesty to your strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, yeah Josh. And, and when you develop that self-awareness, when you get that clarity, then your own personal thoughts and your own interpretations of the world around you begin to change. And that change in that mental state alters your own emotions, increases your emotional intelligence. We're back to that again. And that's an important factor when we talk about achieving overall success, Josh, hint, yep. hint, wink, wink, success. <laughs> back go. to the Dickens episode again. Yeah. I mean, all of this stuff, it's all so connected. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll give you guys a story on self-awareness. Um, and I mean, going back to, you know, when I was, I mean, I was talking to a, a therapist at the time, a counselor, right? And the, the line that she used would say, well, do you think this person has opportunities to feel the same way about you? Right. <laughs> 
And the answer to that was yes, right? Because there's things certainly that I do. And, and you know, I, I always call myself, a, I, I label myself a peacemaker, but the flip side is that I can be an ass sometimes too. <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's like the same coin. <laughs> exactly. But understanding that to say, hey, the things that are frustrating me about this person, they probably have equal opportunity to be frustrated about me on things that, that bother them, right? And, and But really looking through those lenses and having that self-awareness to say, hey, maybe I just need to chill out a little bit or have a little more understanding or compassion because I, I project similar things sometimes that can frustrate people that are frustrating me, right? And so, you know, understanding that push and pull to, to know that you are, you're, you're the answer sometimes and you're the problem sometimes. Yeah. That is, it's, man, it's helped me just to have a little more peace in my life, you know, or to have a little more compassion and understanding and to just, you know, put, put things behind me. Um, you know, if it's not a huge issue, of course. Yeah. I, it's funny you say that, Josh, because I saw something the other day. I don't know what it was. I was jumping around from thing to thing reading. It didn't really have anything to do with self-awareness, but it said something to the effect of if you have a bad experience with another human being first thing in the morning, there's a chance that they're an ass. <laughs> if you have bad experiences all day long with people every single day, there's a really good chance that you're the ass. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. There's a common denominator here. If you're going through life and can't get along with anybody, I don't think the deck is stacked against you. You probably need to look inward and figure out what the issue is. Okay, guys, we're right at the edge of this right now. So I think we just need to go get straight into it. We need to talk about why self-awareness is important. Tim, can you just go a little deeper? Keep going with your thought on that. Yeah, well, I want to say this first, because I love this little, this little ditty that I saw <laughs> while we were getting ready for this. It says, in our rapidly evolving technological world, self-awareness is the essential difference between robots and humans. And then in parentheses, it said, and even that distinction is being tampered with as we speak. Right, right. <laughs> so I know the robots, <laughs> the robots are advancing their self-awareness faster than we are, which is a major problem. When Netflix asked me if I'm still watching, I'm like, oh my God, it knows I'm not paying attention. It's on top of me. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, I mean, we, we touched on it. It comes down to humanity, but Really, I think the essential focus here when we talk about why self-awareness is important, I said it before, by knowing and understanding ourselves, we have the ability to know and understand others. And as a leader, relationships are everything. If you don't believe that, then you know maybe you need to rethink your place in the leadership game. <laughs> because if you, if you think that there's something that's more important than, than relationships when it comes to being a leader, then I think you're probably off track, honestly. But self-awareness provides the foundation for relationships, and that's what leadership is all about. Yeah, and, and when you know who you are and you can clearly define your own strengths and weaknesses, then you give the people around you permission to define yes. their strengths and weaknesses. Right. And, yeah. and, and going back to this leader piece, we, as leaders, you know, you've been around or you've had those leaders who do a great job of helping people identify their weaknesses. 
<laughs> they, call, yes. oh, yes. they call them out a mm -hmm. lot. So one of two things happens is those people either get defensive and they say, no, that's not a weakness of mine, or they say, you're right. And I want to work on it. And, and I mean, we have to be the kind of people that take that same feedback from our reports, our bosses, our peers and say, you're right. I want to work on that. We also, as leaders, need to be the kind of people that recognize the strengths and we celebrate those strengths as much in our reports, our bosses, our peers, as we do in our own selves. I mean, the impact of that is so, is so huge. Like I mentioned before, it opens the door for the people around you to say, I'm really good at this. If you're good at that and I'm good at this, we work together, we become better together. Why wouldn't yeah. we want that? Yeah, there's, there's a big piece of self-awareness that just sits right next to humility. Yeah, yeah, and it's a great way of putting it. It is. I think we can I think we can all acknowledge how refreshing it is when you have a boss and your boss says in a moment of you know problem solving your boss says I made a mistake you know this is an area that I really struggle with and I have a tendency to make that mistake so I have to guard myself against that I mean like when you hear your leader say that it's like oh my gosh I have a license to talk about, to talk about my weaknesses also. Right. And yeah. as leaders, we have to understand that, that that kind of opens the gate for our people to be transparent about their own strengths and weaknesses. It's really yeah. important. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about it in several episodes, Tim, but exactly what you're saying as a leader, you've got to model the behavior you want your team to follow. And that's yeah. exactly what that is. It, it gives them a license to do the same. Yeah. And, yeah. and when you were able to do that, the stress level decreases and I think creativity increases output yes. probably increases your overall team culture improves. So you're just being honest about what you're good and bad at has all sorts of positive residual effects. Yeah. So, I mean, you talked about productivity, you talked about creativity. We talked about culture a little bit, Henry, and you know, I really want to make everyone understand that hiring is a big piece of this because I can use myself as an example. When I first became a leader, what I thought the perfect employee looked like was myself. I was very attracted to anyone who looked like me from a strengths and weaknesses standpoint. You know, if they looked like me, well, that's somebody that I wanted to hire. And I'm, I wish I knew who told me this along the way so that I could give them credit, but I don't. I didn't just think it up. I know that much. Someone told me this. But we were talking about hiring, and I had hired, you know, like four or five clones of myself. And I was talking through this with someone who I respected, possibly my, my leader then. And they said, you know, you're attracted to those strengths, but you need to think about the weaknesses as well. Because every time you hire someone just like yourself, then your gap becomes bigger, bigger and more apparent, and it puts your team at risk of being exposed. So if you have self-awareness of your own strengths and weaknesses, then you're more apt to hire people who complement you and fill in your gaps. And then you create a culture of chemistry and different perspective and a diverse team and that's what we all want. We don't want a leader with 12 mini-me's. Well, we do in the beginning. 
<laughs> well, initially we think that is correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're no, you're right, Tim. I mean, you have to know where your gaps are, and then you go and start hiring people to fill those blind spots because that's what builds a more well-rounded team. But can that's I right. can can you guys let me go back to my example before about the coaching feedback about the uh, defensive versus non-defensive person who received that coaching? So what we talked about was how that one person says, you're right, I'm not good at that. But the other person said, uh, that's not an issue of mine. That's not an issue of mine. Now, if you as a leader know that it's an issue and that person doesn't receive it, odds are that person is not self-aware. There's also a pretty good chance that that person is not going to admit that they're not self-aware. Have you guys ever seen people like this? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is the big question. This is the, the huge hurdle to figure out how to cross. If you don't have a lot of self-awareness, how in the world can you be aware that you aren't self-aware? Yeah, now, that's so beautiful, Henry, because I think that's the million dollar question. You see it over and over and over. And, and it is a bit maddening because the people with the lowest emotional intelligence, for some reason, believe that they have very high emotional intelligence. It's like a common, it's like a common trait of people with low emotional intelligence. For some reason, they believe they have high emotional intelligence. And that all starts with self-awareness. I mean, they're, they talk about how self-aware they are right. and they have no self-awareness. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss, right? I, I think some of the numbers I read behind that were, you know, truly only 10 to 15%, depending on the study, right, of people are truly self-aware, but that, you know, 69 to 93, again, depending on the study, say they're above average in self-awareness. So <laughs> there's obviously a gap there. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of delusion, but back to Henry's point, you know, how do we, how do we know that we're not self-aware if we're not self-aware? And I think here are the characteristics. And honestly, Henry and Josh, I don't know if the people who embody these characteristics can actually say, wow, that's me. Because the lack of self-awareness prevents them from identifying with these characteristics because they're right. so ugly in many cases. But I think right at the top of the list is you're a bully. If you have a little self-awareness, you are a bully. And what I see over and over is that the truth tellers become the targets. Yeah. Those are the targets of the bully because the bully doesn't want to hear the truth and they don't want to be self-aware because it hurts them. It's not the image that they have in their head, you know, kind of hand in hand with that is they're grandiose and, you know, they just have this, super high opinion of themselves yeah they couldn't possibly be wrong that's right anybody puts a pin in that then they are public enemy number one and it's especially harmful when it's a leader at the executive level i mean let's be honest it's yeah. if it is you know god bless the frontline leaders and you know less tenured leaders if it's at that level there's generally a leader above them that can help them and coach them through it. But if there's an executive that doesn't have self-awareness, then it can dictate the culture of the entire organization or company. And it's a major, major problem. Yeah. Well, well, the truth is it becomes toxic, 
right? Yes. At that level. It does. Yeah. What do you think it looks like around those people? Like what, what is the environment like around these folks who are just, they lack self-awareness and they embody these just really crummy traits? Oh, I'm so glad you asked Henry because I have notes written down about that. (laughs) 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 So let's go back. No self-awareness at the executive level. Let's talk about that for just a second. Yeah. That's kind of the path we've gone down. So they think they're great. They hire two types of people. This is Tim Carger's opinion. I mean, you know, but yeah, I, didn't yeah. read, I, didn't, I didn't read this in any uh, Harvard business study. There's nobody with any credibility who came up with this. This is just <laughs> Tim Carger, eyes on the street. This is what I see. So these delusional executives with little self-awareness hire two types of people. They hire people just like themselves because they think they are great. And flawless. Of course. Right. And the other category that they hire are yes people. Yeah. And this is people who are just cheerleaders. They're like, ah, can't believe you're so smart and self-aware. And just feeding the monster. Yeah. And a big problem with this is once it becomes apparent, because it's, you know, like anyone can see that those are the two types of people being hired, then the parasites recognize this. The professional yes people recognize this and they line up around the building because they're like, wow, I can get a promotion. I can get hired. All I got (laughs) to do is just say, you're the greatest and I'm going to advance my career. It's a lack of integrity, uh, which is why I have such a problem being a professional parasite. But there's, (laughs) there's a very nice pool of these people who are willing sacrifice their integrity to feed the monster it's a problem yeah and if you're talking organizationally tim i mean to go a little bit further with that what also happens is your you know your your truth tellers right your good people they begin to they begin to exit the building right yes because they can't function in that environment it's just counterintuitive to everything that they believe that's core to them and and they go to find other places and so that's I mean, organizationally, man, it can get to a very, very bad place. It can for sure. Have you ever been there, Josh? I personally, at, at what stage? What are you talking about? Well, the, the stage where you feel like you're the truth teller and you just feel like there's not a place for you anymore at that company or in that organization. And you're like, I got to get out of here. Yeah, no, absolutely. I have. And it's, it is very uncomfortable, right? It, yeah. it, it honestly, what it boils down to or back to for me is it has gone against who you are as a core individual. Yeah. And, and you are physically, emotionally, I mean, spiritually, if you go there, uncomfortable, yeah. uncomfortable. And, and you can't exist. You just yeah. can't coexist there anymore. Yeah. So I, you say, you're saying you're uncomfortable. I will tell you, man, I get toxic. I change as a person. My personality changes. And I'll give just a tiny little story. But I was in a situation like this years ago. And I was actually on vacation. Randomly in a different state, far away from where I worked. And I ran into someone at the same company as me. But I didn't know him. Big company. So I I just randomly ran into this person and they're like, oh, I work such and such. And I'm like, yes, I work there too. It's crazy. And they started asking me some questions about what I did. 
and I was so negative. I just like, this is a person I did not know, no relationship. And I just start basically saying, yeah, this place sucks. <laughs> and they looked at me like, they looked at me like, what? You know, it was that moment where I realized, oh, they may not, they may not feel the same way as me. And then I have, honestly, you have the self-awareness to say, yeah, that was probably bad that I said that. And then I went back home to my wife and I told her and she goes, why'd you say that? And I said, I don't know. I think it's just the way that I feel. And I, I didn't realize that it was that bad of a thing. But, you know, I found a little bit of solace in the fact that I didn't give my last name to that person. And it was a really <laughs> big company. <laughs> but I didn't even know what their position was. They could have been like president yeah. of the company. And I just met them. And immediately I had become toxic. This person wasn't infected. And I consider myself a pretty good employee. But no prompting. I just immediately start talking about my bad experience. It changes you as a human. It does. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, well, I, I I'm with you guys as far as you know. I, I have felt that way before. I've been in that kind of role before. And uh, you know, Tim, I I I I think I get mean. Like I I I want to tell the truth in such a big way that I come off just sounding like a jerk, which makes yeah. it easy to dismiss me. Uh, yeah. because you know, then I'm just, I'm just being mean. And, and, and here's, here's the good news. When we talk about these, these traits, like people who are bullies, people who are grandiose, and you could go on, you could say they're controlling or they make a lot of excuses or they're passive aggressive. If you have at any point felt like you have been any of these people, you had these traits, good news. You're self-aware. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the good news. Not, if you're sitting there going, I don't do any yeah. of that. Well, then you're yeah. not. And, yeah. and I think there's another dimension to this that we should probably mention is that some people do these things and they know they do it. They aren't, that's their intention. That's their style. Yes. I can't say that, that per, I'm self-aware and I know that I'm a bully and I'm passive aggressive and I don't care. That person is also very dangerous. So be, <laughs> be aware that these yeah. traits, whether you're yeah. self-aware or not, are not good. Well, I still think there's a lack of self-awareness there, Henry. I know what you're saying. And I thought about that while we were preparing. It's like, you know, what about the person who's a bull in a China shop and they know they're a bull in a China shop? That's my well, style. Yeah. That's just the way I get things done. Yeah. But I think the lack of self-awareness there is that that's the right way to get things done. <laughs> right. They lack they that connective piece that we talked about at the top of this. They don't understand how their behavior is impacting the people around them. Yeah, yeah. If you're really digging this part of the conversation, you need to go back and listen to Macho Man uh, because we get, we get <laughs> yes. into it. Yeah. But, you know, there's this culture of people who have a desk full of glass plaques and are like, look how accomplished I am. And there's just a trail of broken relationships in their wake. I mean, you're not successful. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you know, $2 glass plaque you have doesn't mean anything if you had to break 20 relationships on the way to get it. Right. Um, but I back to a point that you made even before, Henry, about recognizing. So you went down the list, you know, so, oh, if you're a bully, if you're defensive, you're controlling, yeah. passive aggressive, grandiose, you make excuses. So let's be honest, someone who has mutated into a complete monster they may be past the point of saving. 
So we're talking to those of you who haven't fully embraced that personality yet. And there's still hope for you. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's easy to kind of see like a specific instance and say, ah, I acted like a bully there. Why did I do that? And then you start breaking down that, that instance and you say, that's a lack of self-awareness. Or, you know, if you're defensive or you make excuses and you say, why did I do that in that situation? Yeah. You know, maybe that's a lack of self-awareness. I think you have to look at a specific instance and say, okay, that's behavior that's not normal for me. If you're way down the road and you're like checking off all seven of these, seek help because it's going to be tough to unwind. <laughs> yeah. Break glass. There is an emergency. Yeah. yeah, Tim, I think you're 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 now on like what I think is like the actionable part of this conversation. This yes. is where people can really start to do some great work for themselves, us included, but this is how we build self-awareness. So where right. do how do you get started with this? That's a good question, Henry. And at the risk of sounding like a caricature of myself, I think the solution revolves around making lists. <laughs> when I was thinking about this, oh, I was God. like, geez, I'm going to get destroyed for this. But I, I keep a journal. Everyone knows. I think a journal is helpful because it captures your thoughts in the moment. They're documented. Everyone knows I write down my goals and my plans. You know, this is, this is Blueprint 2022 week a big week for me putting together the blueprint i love it i think this helps when you go back you look at your goals from past years how you progressed how you changed as a human being i think all of this helps uh from the standpoint of building self-awareness i honestly do i mean we're laughing about it it works for me and it could work for other people also yeah you know i'd say for myself i i would i genuinely would want to take i take a step back and and i think about mindfulness right and understanding that it is, it, it is normal for you to think that you are right most of the time, right? Or, or your belief system and what you've surrounded yourself with, like that's the default mode for, I'm going to say 100% of the population. But you have to take a step back and say, hey, you know, where am I right and where am I wrong? And how do I look at myself objectively? Right. To understand that maybe maybe all of my dispositions are not correct. Right. Or my initial thoughts are not correct. And and I think, honestly, you have to start at that point to to, you know, to kind of get yourself there mentally and, and, you know, go into like you're saying, Tim, you're 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 making a list and keeping a journal. Um, Because, you know, even for me, I'd like to think and I'm kind of putting myself in that bucket I talked about earlier. I like to think I'm a pretty self-aware person. I, I want to be genuinely. But man, there are moments when I am not. And what that looks like is it's passive aggressiveness for me, for sure. I I mean, I've got that identified. And and when that starts coming off of my tongue, I know it's happening. And there's times I can't even stop it, man. And so (laughs) I I think for me, anyway, I I wanted to put that out there just saying, hey, understand that self-awareness is like a muscle. It's the best way I can put it. Um, And and we've got to continually be working on it. And some of the mechanisms you said, Tim, right? Keep a journal, make lists, look at yourself objectively. Those, those are things that are all super helpful. Josh, it also sounds like you're kind of talking about self-reflection or, or you know, mindfulness or even meditation to that end. You know, for, for some people, it's prayer. You know, whatever it is, yeah. it's, that, it's that sitting down and taking some time to yourself to understand 
why did I behave this way? What triggered me and how can I avoid doing that next time? Yeah. You know, I know meditation works for you, Henry. Yeah. Um, I haven't quite gotten into that. I'm very interested in it, but you're probably furthest along with meditation and mindfulness um, of the three of us. Yeah. It's, it's one of these things where you start this, whatever, how, if you want to take three minutes, 30 minutes, my sister was telling me the other day about this place that does 10 day meditations. I don't know. Um, I'll leave, I'll leave that to the experts, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, where you start off with these thoughts and eventually you get to the point where you've completely emptied your mind. So, but you do begin with, you know, just allowing yourself to think through anything and it could be a good or a bad moment. And yeah. if you don't know, if you don't know what you need to work on, there are some fail safe techniques. One that pretty much everyone dreads because it's, it's the kind of truth that we hate to face but you're going to have to ask for feedback. And yeah. sometimes you might have to have to ask for anonymous feedback for people to be truly, truly honest with you. But there is true. There's no better way to go and figure out what you need to work on or how you're perceived than gathering that 360 degree anonymous style feedback. Ask yeah. somebody to help you with it. I guarantee it's going to make a big impact. Such a catch 22 because you need people in your life who are truth tellers. But as we discussed, people that are powerful that have little self-awareness, they've eliminated all the truth tellers from their life. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they go and ask feedback from the million yes people that they've hired and they think, oh yeah, that aligns perfectly with how I view myself. Um, and that's why it's so important that you have truth tellers in your life. And I will say, um, Josh, I mean, you do that for me. I lean on you a lot in that capacity. And I feel like i fill that role for you sometimes yeah for sure and it i mean it doesn't always feel great but i do know it's coming from an honest place um there's been many times where i've you know pulled you into a room or called you up and i've said this is what happened i feel like i might have acted bad give me your completely unbiased take on this situation and you know i hate it when you say yeah you screwed that up but <laughs> at least I can count on you to be truthful about it, you know, and we need somebody like that in our life. And, you know, I talk about my mom a lot. She provides that for me too. I mean, she's, she loves me, but she's not a complete homer. She tells me when I screw up and yeah. you just, yeah, my wife. Yeah. She's completely unfiltered when it comes to telling me when I screw up, but you got to have somebody in your life who will say you acted bad. Yeah. Why'd you act like that? And then you have to trust it. So so important. Okay, so what we've talked about here today is, you know, what do we mean when we talk about self-awareness? And we've gone through like the impact it can have on not only you, but the people in your community and the world around you. We went into why it was important, whether it's personal or professional. Uh, you know, obviously we, we called out those, those insane people in your life who think they're self-aware, but are clearly not. And then we've, we've landed here at a spot where hopefully all of us can continue building our self-awareness. Yeah. But Tim, like, what's our takeaway here? Well, it's a process, Henry. It doesn't happen quickly. And you have no self-awareness if you think it does happen quickly. Uh, but secondary to that, it's not easy to develop self-awareness. It really isn't. Uh, most of us are afraid to be truly honest with ourselves about our strengths, weaknesses, and challenges. But if we're able to push past it and improve our self-awareness, 
then the payoff for ourselves and for our team is tremendous. Being self-aware in the workplace, in personal relationships, even in solitude, it's kind of the fourth dimension to raw intelligence. It's the exponential quality that fills everything out, gives meaning to our life, gives relevance to our work, and adds the context of emotion. And as a result of this added context, a leader's more likely to hire and build a diverse team. And diverse teams perform better because different perspectives are the foundation for personal and professional growth. Good luck out there. We all have those moments where we regret our behavior, where we didn't meet our own personal standards. When you know you've had that moment, when you recognize who you are and the mistakes you've made, then you're self-aware. That's half the battle. Take some time to inspect. For more KL podcasts, visit kindleadershipproject.com. Follow us on LinkedIn or find us on your favorite streaming service. This podcast is an expression of the views of Kind Leadership and its team. We're always open for discussion, so find us on social media and give us your thoughts.